Ian, how are you? Welcome to episode 17 of Hubshots. Very good, Craig. It's Australia Day tomorrow. It is. It's happy Australia Day. Yeah, thank you. So we are recording today, though. We're recording from the St. George Business Hub in Chatswood. Yes, and you know what? I never realised this even existed, and I am pleasantly surprised how good it is. It's awesome, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and so we we should mention that's St. George the Bank, not the rugby correct yeah and thank you for providing that so small business can have a start i think they've done really well not that i want to turn the intro into a promotion for st george bank who i don't even bank with i have to say although my but we're having a great experience (laughs) it's a very good experience but basically i've provided a small business hub you can come and work here for free during the day, any yep. any day during the week, and they've got meeting rooms, and we've they've very kindly allowed us to use their boardroom here. It's fantastic, it great is. view, nice, very good. Yeah. Anyway, if you ever need to get out of the office, if you're working out your marketing sometime and you need to get out of the office and brainstorm, it's a beautiful venue to come and yeah, yeah just book so online. So it's here in Chatswood and in Perth, right? Yeah, they've only got two. So if you're in Chatswood, especially, yeah, yeah. That's an option. Anyway, that's probably the longest uh, intro <laughs> for an episode, but it's just really, it's really nice. Isn't it? it's, it's what you call paying it forward and providing value. It is. It is. So inbound thought of the week, shot one. So, um, you know what I was thinking, how quickly marketing changes. Yes. So um, I've re- been rereading two books lately. And yeah. I think you've read both of these too, haven't you? Inbound Marketing, that's Correct. by Brian and Brian Damesh. Damesh from HubSpot. And I was also rereading The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yes. So um, that's kind of one of my favourites. But I always read them around January. You know, it's kind of <laughs> that time you refresh yourself and that. But I was just interested when I was rereading Inbound Marketing by the HubSpot guys, I was expecting a lot of it to be out of date. Yep. It's pleasantly surprised by how much of it is actually still current in the book. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's that core value and core belief of what inbound is. I think that's one of the reasons like it's been so successful and has a great following is because the core belief is has never changed. Do you agree? Yeah, exactly right. So they're talking about remarkable content yes. whenever it was, six years ago. That's right. Seven, it's quite an older book. They've updated it. But, yeah, that's what yep. they were talking about. It's more true than ever, really, and they talk about how to promote it, build your following, all yes. of that. They do have some chapters on social media, I've got to say. Which has changed a bit. That's changed. Yeah. So they've got, like, how to set up your Facebook. And it's like, that's totally out of date. So you've got to skip over that. But the actual the core elements. It's still there, isn't it? It's all and you there. think about what's behind Mm. And you think about just really getting an understanding of what their mission and values and beliefs are. I think it's great. And I think it's a great thing that someone, even if you don't know anything about inbound marketing, you can still read it and understand what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I've actually bought 10 copies. I'm going to send a few copies to some of my favorite clients because I think it's just so appropriate to yeah, get them even, definitely. even rethinking. Because a lot of them will know the stuff yes. as you and I do, right? Yeah. I was rereading it going, this is great. Great yeah. reminder. What about the four-hour week? The four-hour week week. So that's another that's another story entirely. I, I love the book, right? I just yeah. always like his ideas around elimination, you Correct. know, just eliminating inefficiency yes. and stuff you don't need yes. to do. I love that from a personal point of view and also a business point of view yes. and everything. All the technology stuff that he recommends. Yeah. Woefully out of date. <laughs> it's actually humorous to watch, you know. So, Tim, are you going to update that book? I hope he does because, I mean, to, admittedly it's from – 2011 or something like it's yeah but you know one thing that really stood out to me and i often tell clients this it's actually not hard if you want to verify something spend 500 or a thousand dollars on google adwords 
with your agency or someone you trust to do it and verify that you've actually got a market or you've got a something there that you can run with. Don't try and optimize things or think, I've got this great idea to test something out. Actually spend some money and verify it. And I'll use a little example. I had a client come to me and says that there was money in financing horse floats. And I basically laughed at them. But it was really interesting because all we did was we built a landing page, built a couple of ads and drove traffic to it. And what was really funny was that in the first week, he would have got probably three inquiries that he converted. And then every week thereon, he's been converting one a week. So Wow. Test you know, and what, measure. Test and measure. Whatever I found, which I thought was way out west, I was like, okay, well, you're the client. I'll give it a shot. And you know what? Hats off to him for giving it a go because I was able to take that idea, verify it, and then that made him money at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. Nice one. All right, our HubSpot feature and tip of the week. Now, tell me about campaigns. I know you love campaigns. In I love in campaigns yeah. because I think, you know what, in HubSpot, this brings it all together. So whenever we talk about putting a campaign together, like, for example, let's talk about a campaign about reporting, right? So we want to educate people about reporting. You can actually put all the blog posts that are related to that. You can put all the pages in your site that are related to it all the social messaging, the landing pages, a thank you page, and you can track everything. And you can say, look, I want to start it on this date. I want to end it on this date. This is what I want to drive this much traffic to it. And you can actually measure it and see how everything's performing as a group. Because I think one thing we can all get into is that, you know, we do a bit of this over here. We do a bit of social over there. We're not very strategic about what we're doing. And I think campaigns actually brings that all together. So thinking about, look, what are all the assets that are actually related to this that I'm going to use to make this campaign a success? If you think about that and HubSpot have a great thing on their knowledge base, it's got, you know, how to build out a campaign. Just follow the steps, watch the videos, and I think you will have a successful campaign. Yeah, look, I agree. And also, I think it's actually a pretty intuitive tool itself. So we're talking about the campaigns tool in HubSpot under the content menu. You load it up there. I was going through this with a client a week or two ago, and we're just highlighting all of those things and it was great because they were actually putting dollar values in like how much they because they've actually got a campaign for the first quarter around you know what which is fantastic and it also has paid in there so if you're driving paid or social traffic you'll actually see all of that in there which is fantastic yeah it's really good now the tip that we've got related to this because this actually came up when i was going through this with my client is just well they've started already sharing stuff socially yeah and so one of the things that you might not realize when you go into the um, calendar you can actually see all your social sharing you've done you can click on any of those even if you didn't assign them to a campaign originally you can retrospectively go and allocate them to which is great which is fantastic Uh, then all pulls through to the campaigns um, roll up so yeah if you're not using campaigns really very very worthwhile to check them out and uh, implement as part of your activities it really does wrap up everything you're doing and make it into a quantifiable bundle i guess all right shot three our challenge of the week and this is a great challenge. This has actually come from Moby, one of our listeners. So do you want me to read what he says? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, he actually mentions a particular client site, so we probably won't mention the actual URL. But, yeah, the, the general gist of it, yeah. He was saying, look, they built a website on Drupal and then they started using HubSpot for the landing pages. And uh, the contact page is actually a landing page on HubSpot because obviously right. couldn't get access to <laughs> Drupal. Well, maybe, yeah. His question was, is it better to use a HubSpot embedded forms on our website as opposed to using HubSpot landing pages for static pages on our site? 
And, you know, obviously from here you can get many assumptions, but Craig, you know. Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll tell you how I interpreted this because I've seen this happen before. There's been an existing site, so it could be in Drupal, could be in WordPress yes, or something. or anything else. Yeah, someone looks after that site. Yeah. Great, it's going okay, but then it's not getting many leads. And so someone says, okay, we need to get marketing involved. They bring along HubSpot, so you've got your HubSpot agency involved, and they've got, great, well, we're going to have landing pages, we want to put forms in your site. But somehow the IT department isn't talking with the marketing department or there's general politics. I've had this happen many times. And so you've actually got to get on with it. So Mm. Moby's question was, you know, what's the ideal situation? Would we want to put HubSpot forms within the pages, within the Drupal pages? The answer is yes. Yes. Ideally, you do want to do that. Or or in fact, the ideal world is the whole site's in HubSpot. Correct, yes. (laughs) Everything's in HubSpot, nicely tied together. But that's not, often that's not the case. And quite often with my clients, their WordPress sites put HubSpot for everything else. So it's not an uncommon scenario, but yeah, you want to get the forms in the Drupal pages. Definitely, that's the ideal. Yeah. A few tips around that, though, because I've actually had this case, and we mentioned this as a tip one in our early episodes, which sometimes you get the HubSpot form, you put it in the page, and it doesn't render properly. Yes. And so then it falls off the bottom or something like that. Now, that's very simple to solve, and we'll we'll repost the link to solving that. That's just a bit of the the CSS around it. Shimmy, you get that in place. Yes, the forms are within sight because then you've got all your progressive profiling, all that kind of stuff. And then you do use the landing pages within HubSpot for all those landing pages that you're driving other traffic to. And even from the site, inquiries through to it. So that's kind of how it fits. And I guess my overall understanding from this scenario that he's raised is what's the ideal situation versus what's the realistic situation? Because sometimes you can want the ideal world, but it's not always realistic depending on company initiatives and realities yeah and i think you've got to understand what's the outcome so if i mean if the key goal is to start driving traffic and to capture those leads and to show some return you know what that might have been the only choice that they had when they started so exactly do you wait two months for it to go through their workflow process and actually give you access to embedder form or do you just get on and do it that's right so that you can grab leads exactly and you know what i think my idea would be get on and do it it has because to that's be. that's going to show the result business outcomes that's right business outcomes All right, good one. Thanks for that, Moby. And uh, looking forward to more challenges or listener challenges. Please send them in. Now, on to opinion of the week. Did you see this? I know you did. I'm I'm asking if you saw it. We we discussed (laughs) it before the show. But what I'm actually saying is, what did you think of this article from backlinko.com around search engine ranking findings? They basically analyzed a million search results and came up with some findings. Yeah, look. I actually really like the article and I think we're going to focus on this more in the next episode to do with search optimization. But, you know, it's really interesting because we know links are still key. Yeah. And I think content is also key to that Mm. and being able to share the content. So we won't touch on it too much now. But we'll bring it up for next week. But we'll share the link so people can actually have a read of it before yeah, we talk about it. I think that's right. And, yeah, so what you're mentioning there is our entire focus for next week, episode 18, is going to be on SEO because I guess it crops up from time to time and it's always yes. an important part of it. Yeah. So that'll be our feature next week. But some really good points came out of that backlinko. Um, I love Brian Dean, by the way. Yes. He's one of the hardest working he guys does. in SEO. I just love how smart he is at testing stuff and working hard. And you know what? I think testing... 
That's a really good point you just mentioned. I think everything we do, we are testing to verify that things are actually working or they're not working because then we can actually cut it and try something that is working mm. or verify that another assumption that we had is going to work, right? Mm. So I think that's really a key. And often I would say when people come to me and say, let's do SEO, I'll be like, have you got something to prove to me that this is going to work? Right. Or are we just optimizing what you think is going to work? Right. So exactly. again, I'll address that next week, but I think that's a really good question. Like if, if I was to say, ask you now, are you actually optimizing for stuff that you know is going to bring you money or are you optimizing for things that you think are going to bring you money? Excellent point. And that raises actually what if, if you're listening to this episode and you do have a particular question around SEO, if you can get that to us before next week, we'd love to address it on the show. Absolutely. All right, on to shot five and our general tip of the week. Did you see this? Analytics has added smart goals. Yes. They just snuck this one in. (laughs) They actually sent an email newsletter out with that in it. That's how I actually discovered it. Okay. And I had a read of it. I haven't implemented it, but I know you have implemented it. I have, yeah. So I'll, I'll just explain what it is with, in fact, let me take a step back when it comes to Google Analytics, because I've actually, I've been talking with a few potential clients around their sites and some of them have HubSpot, but they don't don't actually have Google Analytics yes. and I actually always look for analytics as a first step and yes. I or, you know and I use it in conjunction with HubSpot r- reporting, reporting as well. Yeah. I think it's crucial that you have Google Analytics installed. So if you've got a HubSpot site and HubSpot reporting is excellent, yes. but you should also have analytics. I can't think of a good reason why you wouldn't yes. unless you've got another analytics package overture or something like that. But make sure you've got analytics in place. Now, assuming that you do have analytics in place, the next thing you must put in place are goals, so tracking goals. And um, goals in analytics are often overlooked, and we've discussed this many episodes ago just about setting them up and some tips around it. And I think one good tip you mentioned at the time was always have a goal value with any goals, and that's excellent um, advice, totally agree. Now they've added this new smart goal. So there's types of goals that you can have. Normally your goals are location-based where you end up a landing page, thank you page. Got these new smart goals and I'll just just explain what they are. They're basically a combination of various engagement factors that analytics looks at and the top 5% of the most engaged traffic becomes registered as a smart goal. Okay. Now the reason this is so cool is because previously you could create goals for specific engagement metrics, you know, like number of pages visited or time, like they're individual goals. This is smart goals combines them all into one. It's like an engagement metric. It's, they call yeah. it smart goals. They should just call it good engagement goal or something yes. like that. Yeah. And I think it's really good. So I've implemented it on a few sites and started So looking. is it hard to implement? No, no. It's really yeah. easy. Okay. So normally in your goals, yep. go analytics, you're in your admin section, goals. Yep. It's actually a type of goal. Oh, okay. So, you know, when you select the yep. type of goal, event, or location, whatever, it's smart goals. Okay. Now, it might not be there for everyone because it relies, actually, you need to be using AdWords links yeah, and right. it's yep. related to AdWords. Yep. But yeah, you just turn it on and then you let it go. And the great thing about it is that once it's started recording, it actually applies those over whatever channels. So not just yeah, AdWords right. driving. Okay. So then when you go into all your normal reports and analytics, yes. you can choose that smart goal as okay. one of the goals that you're reporting wow. on. That's okay. right. Then you can feed it back to your AdWords, AdWords yep. assuming you've AdWords and analytics linked, links, which yep. you should always do. <clears throat> feed it back and then use it as a conversion goal in your AdWords to see which you can yes. look in the campaigns. So I think it's great. Can you tell I'm excited about it? I can tell you are, Craig. <laughs> I'm nerding out here. But no, it's really cool. So the key takeaway The general is tip of the week look. is 
have a look at um, smart goals, whether you can apply it, and the action item is just enable it. Enable it, yeah. Correct. Create a goal and start yes. tracking it because yeah. you'll see the value of it. Excellent. All right, that's enough excitement from me. State of inbound item of the week, and this is a great one that you highlight. Yes, I love it. It's This is the best time to send email report <laughs> that HubSpot did. Okay. So I got it through an email, and so I clicked on it. I went to the landing page, and first thing I really was always really interesting was that it was a the type of landing page is very different to what I'd seen HubSpot do. So yeah. that caught my. D- did you like it? I did like it. I liked it too. I it was, was interesting. Did you notice how you could actually start filling out the form at the top, which had like I think two inputs, right? And then when you clicked the button, it took you straight down the bottom to fill in more inputs before uh, you actually submitted it. Right. Actually, I didn't. And you yeah. didn't notice that. So it obviously went through. It was very sequential. It was like, look, here's all the bits of the report. It was nicely laid out. Had great images. And I went, okay, cool. So I got the report and it was really interesting because I was like, okay, well, tell me, I'm, I'm curious because I've seen reports like this in the past yeah, from exactly. different people that do email, like I think MailChimp had done one mm-hmm. a while back. So it was really interesting. Obviously, HubSpot used all the data it has on its um, system to work out, you know, what's getting good engagement, right? And what was really interesting is that they said um, 11 a.m. on Monday through Saturday and 9 p.m. on Saturday night – were actually good times to send email, right? But what was really... All right, say that again. The best times to send email are... 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Monday Monday through to Saturday and 9 p.m. on Sundays. Right, okay. So you see a decline. So I think we should probably just maybe take a snapshot of that um, graph that was there. Put in the show notes. But you know one thing that was really interesting as well is that I was thinking about it like I was about to send something... (laughs) I read this report. I was about to send something on Friday. Right. And I went, oh, hang on a second. I'm going to hold that. Okay. And so I held back the email. I'm actually going to schedule it probably for, because we've got Australia Day holiday. And in that report, it actually talked more about American holidays and what actually happens, which is yes. also really yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was useful, yeah. doesn't relate to Australia. But I guess you could take something back from that and go, well, okay, we've got a holiday here like Australia Day. You know, okay, what should I do? Because I think most of Australia is actually on a holiday today, Monday, Monday, the 25th of January. That's right. They're all going to come back Wednesday. So, you know, I'm thinking actually Wednesday after 11 is when I'm going to send my follow-up email. Okay. So, again, that would just open my eyes and I – it just challenged my thinking. And I was I was about to do something and I went, oh, hang on a second. I'm going to just think about this a little bit further okay. and reframe what I'm going to do. So we'll put a link there. You know, go and have a look and see how it applies to your business. Yeah, excellent point. I, I will just say, though, that having some of those US holidays in there is actually useful, especially Thanksgiving and stuff. Because, yes. I mean, a lot of marketing managers, they're covering multinational um, campaigns right. and stuff. So there is value there. And you know what? They even mentioned Halloween in there as well. Okay. And if you think even in Australia now, if I think 2015, how Halloween was, yeah. like we're tending to get a lot of these US-based holidays in Australia. So I think, yeah, definite value. So yeah. de- go away and read it. And again, 9 p.m. on Saturday, on Sunday. Sundays, yeah. You know? And that was interesting because somebody on my team mentioned this We use because we use um, Sidekick. Okay. He actually noticed, he said Sunday night is actually a really good time to send because he noticed people were opening emails. Right. And I thought to myself, yeah, I see that quite often. And this kind of just confirmed that. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that is interesting. You know what's interesting about Saturday evenings, though, because yeah. in terms of social, I, yes. I don't have data to prove this. This yep. is just anecdotally yeah, what I've yeah. noticed. 
I've scheduled business stuff to be shared on social, especially Facebook on Saturday late afternoons and oh, evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gets what people t- are on. It gets tons of engagement, right? Yeah, and I'm are. and because and it, it challenges my thing because normally you think, oh no, not business mode. Correct. Yeah. People won't be into it. Yeah. That's only in the week. But no, business stuff I'll do on a Saturday evening to wow, get good that, engagement. That is a good tip. I'm gonna try that. Well out. you can try it, but uh, I will just the caveat, that's just my anecdotal yeah. observation. I haven't got enough data to But again, so yeah. you've been testing this out, right? Right. And obviously something's twigged in your head, mm. which I think is great. And I'm going to go try it out now. <laughs> try it out. Test and measure. That's all you can do. <laughs> all right. It's it's great having data, isn't it? Yeah. So, All right. Motivation of the week. So we're going to talk a little bit about our upcoming event yes. here. So we kind of had a whole gender set and we had our plan for what we're going to do. We're actually holding that thought and we're going to put a little kind of form on the site. We're going to be testing and measuring ourselves. Exactly. It's going to be, it's almost like a survey, but it's a mini survey in the sense that it's just one form. So you, you, So I think our key thing here is to find out, to basically give people what they want. So we're going to find out, you know, the length of period, whether people are interested in a whole day or half a day, mm-hmm. if they would prefer the afternoon as opposed to morning. Yep. What topics do they want to hear? Do you want yeah. to hear more about reporting, analytics versus mm. content, mm. data, social? Maybe social is a big thing. I know when I spoke last year to a big company, they were really keen on doing social. Mm. So and it was really interesting because some people didn't even have websites. Right. But social really stood out because I think the accessibility on those platforms of people starting a Facebook page or doing Instagram right. was so much easier than thinking about, well, I need to do a website, right? Right. So it's really interesting. So we just want to hear back from our listeners and people that, and, you know, if you're a listener and you are and you know other people that would benefit from it, you know, share it with them and find out. Yeah. Okay. And and what what I will say is we've, we're going to put what we plan to do. So we've got my morning half day event in the Sydney CBD with a few topics. So we, that's actually what our plan was. So we'll mention that. But then underneath, there's all these options. So it's not as though you go on a survey completely blind, but these options, you go, oh, yes. yeah, no. And we'd love to see feedback that says... <laughs> <laughs> everything we wanted to do and all the responses are totally different <laughs> that would be both good and bad it would be good good to know but, but bad we just that verified we, what we, we needed to we, yeah, we just <laughs> so that'll be up on the site by the end of the week i think so we'll put that in the show notes when it's ready all right um our resource of the week and you've been looking because we're talking about reporting this week you've been looking at um some of the reports that are available in HubSpot, um, yeah. both for the pro and the enterprise. And so yeah. the attribution report, do you want to mention a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think one of the really interesting things, a lot of these are available in enterprise or there's some version of it available in pro. Mm. But I think just even being aware and just understanding what's available and just even going back and actually reviewing what you've got and are you actually getting the right data to make the right decisions in your business? Mm. I think that's really important. I was right. like, I was sitting with someone today and, I, and he went to me, look, at the heart of it all is the profit and loss. He goes, that's what I need to know. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's right. You know, and how does everything that we do in the marketing space and sales tie back to that? You know, are we doing stuff that's actually useless? Are we doing things that are useful to that bottom line? And I think go back and have a look because this attribution report available in the light version in professional yeah. could be at the start of something that you actually really need to actually make the right choices. I totally agree. And the thing about attribution is that it picks up things that you might not have realized because we are often quite 
uh, we're quite um, focused just on the end. Oh, this page converted and we don't see what led to it. The journey yes. they kind of led up to it. And so that's where the attribution reports are good. So you've got a good link there to a guide on the HubSpot knowledge base and we'll include that in the show notes. That's a nice one. Shot nine, our community item of the week. We're featuring a Moz Fightboard Friday again because we love Moz, don't we? We do. <laughs> this one is about B2B content marketing tips. Yes. So it's a long post because uh, they have a transcription of, of Rand giving his little presentation. Uh, they can be fun to watch as well, but I have to admit, I never watch them. I mm. always read the transcripts. Yeah, that's right. That's just the way I prefer to consume And you know, them, this but- is really interesting because... It just goes to show they've catered for you mm. and someone that might want to watch this right. in the same blog post, right? And they've just given you the choice and you've just consumed it the way you want to consume it. Totally. Not like how they want you to consume it. Yeah. And I think this is what it's going to become. It's going to be getting your message out on the right platform at the right time to the right people, right? If you give it to people how they want it, they'll eat it. Right, exactly. It's like so, eating your so, so it's greens, like, isn't it, it? It's like the right content in the right format, in the right place, at the, at right, the right time, time. to the right place. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You know, they could do some stats on that because the, the video is embedded in the page. Yes. And you have to scroll right down to the end. So you could do some scroll tracking and analytics. Yes. And I, it'd be, I'd really love to know the breakdown between people that click and watch the video yep. versus people like me that scroll right through the post. You know what, and I think they'd have a lot of data. And I'll tell you why. Because, mm. like, if you use Wistia yes. for your video, you can get a lot of the analytics where people have stopped, fast-forwarded, gone back, yes. et cetera. So Wistia.com is a really great resource that I've been telling people about mm-hmm. if you want to do your videos. They've got a HubSpot integration too, by yes, the way. They do. Yeah. So, you know, even if you started doing those little videos, so one of our customers have just started doing like weekly updates that they post to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I said, why not put it on Wistia? And actually you can see what people are doing in the video. Like, is it actually being engaging or is it not being, are people not engaging with yeah, it right. as a little test? And you can email that out to them. So post it on your Facebook page, but also you give people the option, email it to them so they can watch it in another medium. Okay. And they're going to try that out. So it'll be really interesting to see what engagement they get. Yeah, very interesting. Cool. Well, actually, the, we talked about how reading the format for that. I didn't actually talk about the article itself. Carry <laughs> <laughs> away there. But just quickly, it's he's got some content marketing tips for B2B organizations. And I think the key tip that I brought out of this that I took away from this was how he highlights the fact that often in B2B, you're targeting multiple people and the buying decision is ultimately made by a range of people. So quite often the persona that you're targeting for the initial, the awareness phase piece is different from the person who's in the decision mode. And I think this is really important when it comes to B2B marketing. And so in this uh, Whiteboard Friday that uh, Rand goes through, he actually talks about this, the need for overlapping personas, this idea that we're targeting a particular product to multiple people in the one company. And have you, have you heard this term around account-based marketing, this whole, I guess it's part of more of the sales kind of trend, but it's just this idea that you're dealing with an account, yeah. not just one Yeah, you know person. what, I yeah. I'd have kind of... I'll, wouldn't have heard it as account-based, but one thing that I really, that stood out to me was when I was working with a copywriter a while back and he was saying that he was, when he was selling something, he said, look, you know, there were people in the room that he was trying to convince. So someone was more based around the numbers of something. And then he realized that he was sitting in this room. There were these people around the table that didn't get it and they wanted to actually feel the item. So you actually end up whatever this widget or thing was that he was selling and he actually took it and gave it to them to hold in their hand. And he saw that once he did that, like the three people out of the six people in the room that were more to do with touch and feel and 
understanding the product were like, wow, okay, I didn't realize it was this small and it could do this. And he just got engagement by giving them the product to hold the product. Nice. Right? Whereas the guys who were interested in the numbers and what was coming out the other end were like, cool, we're sold, right? But then there were three people who weren't convincedly sold because of the numbers. They were actually looking to hold it and experience it. Right. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting because, again, this is that overlapping thing, yeah, right? Yeah, perfect example. Yeah, they're like going, well, hang on, I've convinced half the people. What about the other half? They're actually wanting to have an experience with the product. Right. So, again, you know, like, and you would come across this all the time. It's that there are people that are happy like, well, okay, here are the numbers. Here's what we're going to get out the other end cool let's go and the other people are like no i really want to see this can you show me how the reporting works can you show me all those lovely graphs that i can see for in future and that's what they're after right right. excellent tip i love it look we're just on time so we're just going to finish with our podcast of the week and this is a great one you've been listening to tell us a little bit about it so this is um perpetual traffic podcast by digital marketer Mm -hmm. and keith kranz is the one who hosts it and what i love about it i was listening to the parts on youtube and youtube advertising and i really loved there's some really practical advice in there runs for about 30 minutes he's got two other people that host it and usually a guest but you know what listen to it and go and find the episodes that resonate with you and actually learn something new that you're not doing in your business love it i hadn't heard of that one so i'm going to go and check that out nice one all right, well, that's about it for this week, Ian. I hope you enjoy your holiday tomorrow. <laughs> I will. Are you having a day off or are you actually going to work? <laughs> no, I am going to have a day off. Good. And enjoy this great nation that we live in. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, mate. I'll See catch you, you next week. See you. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.